0: Hello! Welcome to Let Your Life Echo. Each week, we'll talk to friends from across the United States. Together, we'll sift through our experience of community, prayer, theology, and apostolic work, exploring what we think are the keys to sainthood. I'm Michelle Galad, one of the co-hosts of our podcast, and this week, I am with Madison Kinnis. Madison, how are you? Great. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. Tell me what you've been up to.
1: Oddly enough, the fall has been the season of weddings for me. Usually that is a summertime thing, but I feel like it's shifting, and it's one of those double-digit wedding years. So I've had two of those in my life. Uh, One was a couple years out of college, and now here we are again, something about 2018. So I had three family weddings this year, which was crazy. My brother and then two cousins all got engaged and married within the last like year and a half so that was a freak thing that was not typically that doesn't happen
0: it's a really beautiful year
1: yeah it's been good yeah they're they're all so good and beautiful I hate to admit this but sometimes you look at your calendar and you're like whoa this is almost becoming a chore this is like a fifth of Mm -hmm. my weekends of the year which is a lot Mm -hmm. um but I mean anything that's worth worth your time involves sacrifice and effort and so sometimes you know there's effort in sacrifice and giving up a day or a weekend and traveling, but I think it's just so beautiful because every single liturgy and wedding and reception just takes on a different feel and a different flavor of each couple, and so it it really is beautiful to go and attend, and you kind of get a feel for their families and other groups of friends of theirs that you may not meet with a lot, you know, so, and they're always good reunions with either it's, you know, focused missionary teammates or students or, People I went to undergrad with, they're all a good time. It's been, it's been really fun.
0: So, I like what you said about anything worth doing involves sacrifice. Yes. When I first met you, you were giving me advice of do you visit very good friends or not? Because mm. if you travel, there's a sacrifice there and there's a lot of work and money and time. And I remember that you used a very similar phrase.
1: Yeah, like making pilgrimages to see your friends. It's going to involve a sacrifice of time and it's going to involve effort, but it's always worth it. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be so true, especially having been in a mission and ministry that is national and spread out throughout the country. Mm. All like A lot of my deepest and closest friendships live states and time zones away. And yeah. so it's great to get a catch-up phone call or even FaceTime, but it's definitely different to go and spend physical time with them in person and just live life together. So mm. Anytime I do that, it's so worth it and so rejuvenating and energizing.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. so good. Will you describe kind of that timeline of where were you a missionary? I want to fill people in. Yeah.
1: Well, so originally I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana, so northeast Indiana. And then I went and did undergrad at Ball State in Muncie. And that was where I had a big conversion in my faith and started taking it more seriously for the first time really in my life, um, which we can get more into. But Part of that whole story is that there were Focus missionaries at Ball State, and so I'd gotten involved in one of their Bible studies that was actually led by a student, Um, but just through Mm -hmm. over the years of getting involved in the Newman Center community and getting really deeply invested and involved in the Focus mission on campus, I did become a missionary, and I served for two years at the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, and then I did a final two years as team director at DePaul University in Greencastle, Indiana, not to be confused with DePaul Ooh. in Chicago. Um, uh-huh. But it was a first year campus for Focus. And so that was just like a whole crazy, awesome experience. That's but, insane. Uh, being at DePaul University was how I got connected with the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. Mm. Which is basically the bottom half of Indiana minus Evansville. And so that's how I got connected to what I do now, which is work in the young adult and college campus ministry office for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. And so part of what we do in our office, um, my supervisor and I, we split the 13 campuses in our diocese and we. Gather those in ministry, so chaplains, campus ministers, and if there are focus missionaries, we gather them once a semester just for formation, collaboration, kind of tell them what we're up to, share resources, and then we also go and physically visit each campus once a semester and so that's mm-hmm. kind of how I first learned about the young adult office when I was uh, the team director at Depa because my now supervisor came out and met with us because we were a new campus. That's a little bit of the history. That's crazy. And then, um, Just
0: so crazy how those interlinkings work.
1: Yeah, and then between years three and four as a missionary, I heard that um, a position at the archdiocese was opening, and it intrigued me. I didn't really know much about it except that the girl in the current role was artistic, and I saw her at all the awesome young adult events I was going to. And so that kind of began the process and journey of, more conversations, learning more about it, and then uh, feeling called to leave the focus mission in ministry and get into – dive in to Archdiocesan Young Adult Ministry. So mm. that's a little bit of a an artist, yeah. you're, And you're an artist. Yeah.
0: And you're an artist. So that was a connection there, too, of why it drew you yeah. as well. Yeah, so
1: part of the role is doing all the marketing and advertising and design and social media stuff for our office. So all that creative – all the creativity that – so so my undergrad was in graphic design. And so I had been able to use that a lot as a missionary through our quarterly newsletters and, you know, making posters or T-shirts on campus. But a lot of times it just kind of got – it kind of got left to the last minute on the to-do list, you know. I would prioritize being with students and um, building oh, yeah. relationships, so I'd be doing a poster – at 11 p.m. or midnight the night before I really needed it. And so there was not much of like (laughs) a creative process going on there. It was like, throw this together. So that was part of the appeal. And what has continued to be awesome about my position now is it's very, there, there is set time for really thinking about an advertising campaign and taking time and like, how are we going to promote this online or how are we going to design this to make it yeah appealing to people and yeah so there's a lot more of a design process which that's amazing so fun
0: for me i love it oh that's so Mm -hmm. fun i oftentimes Mm -hmm. brag about the numbers and the people who are coming to events Mm -hmm. through the archdiocese within the young adult ministry and that's very clear with the marketing and relationships as well but marketing especially yeah i mean
1: i i think that when i first started i kind of questioned you know your you're doing these campaigns on facebook or or like promoting events on facebook and doing all these ads and you kind of think to yourself are we just throwing money away like what's you know is anyone seeing this is anyone actually going to come to this event mm-hmm. cuz they see this ad pop up again and again and again and mm-hmm. it's just been so cool and affirming to hear and and we've kind of included it now on our registration for different events how did do. you find out about this yeah event? and it's that's really affirming and then just person after person after person will say well I was kind of thinking I needed some kind of faith community and then all this stuff popped up about small groups or you know i was kind of heard about the retreat but was hesitant and then like every time I got on Facebook it was popping up in my news feed and I was like all right fine <laughs> I'll go so it's just funny to hear um you know people people seeing it. It's like, okay, like this is working. Like this is good affirmation. Keep doing this.
0: That's really good. And the Lord is very happy. Mm -hmm.
1: That's amazing. Mm -hmm.
0: It's so apparent that your job is directly connected to building community Mm -hmm. because our faith is community-based faith. But maybe going back, where do you think in the beginning you first learned about the importance of community? Well,
1: the first time I feel like I really needed community and saw how helpful it was was in college you you grow up in the family unit, which is obviously built in community your whole life. And it's easy to take that for granted. It's just what you know, just a constant support system and people there with you all the time, journeying with you through the ups and downs of life. Then you yeah. step foot onto this college campus with thousands of people, don't really know anyone that deeply, don't have go-to people in town. Your family's hours away, you kind of, you start to realize, oh, I need to make friends. And so anyone who's been to college knows, like, there's this beautiful openness to friendship and relationship as a freshman on a college campus. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I found that in a couple ways in college. So back in high school, I had been really involved in sports. And so I was on the volleyball team and basketball team all four years of high school. Mm -hmm. And that was an incredible community. So many good memories, so formative, so much, so much learning about character and virtue and discipline and teamwork mm-hmm. and relationship dynamics and everything. So I came from that. So I don't know, maybe that's my first experience with community, but <laughs> yeah. but then I went to, to college and I just remember thinking, I need to find my teams. I need to find my new teammates. Like who are my new teammates? And so I got involved within the first couple of weeks at the Newman Center I went to some of their welcome events and signed up for a Bible study and then I also within I don't know the first month of school rushed and joined a sorority which was not something <laughs> I was planning on doing but that ended up being a really a really good and, and strong community for me as well and so as mm-hmm. I continued journeying in college I remember kind of, you know, looking at myself in the mirror, maybe not actually, but thinking to myself, "Mm, like, I did this right, like, here I am, freshman in college, I have these two communities, these two home away from homes, and let's do this, like, let's go, let's be in college, so I guess maybe sports were my first, I'm changing my answer, sports were maybe my first community and family, obviously, but then transitioned and saw Kind of leaving those, I realized I needed. I needed community, so found that through the Newman Center Mm -hmm. and my sorority.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Could you compare those communities? Because I would imagine those community environments were very different.
1: Yes, I think that they have some things in common, but other things very different. Uh, The sorority was very much like I remember just feeling this instant in, like I had this. There was just like this unwritten loyalty and sense of you had these older girls looking out for you as a little baby freshman who was new on campus, didn't really mm-hmm. know their way around. And so that was really beautiful. And then also instantly just a lot of fun. Your social calendar filled up with different philanthropy events for your sorority and other, other Greek houses on campus. Um, and obviously like your Friday, Saturday nights really filled up with parties and things um, oh yeah. But and another thing too was it, it, they were it was super academically driven, and so there was a lot of accountability with academics, which was really appealing. And there were a lot of opportunities too for leadership roles. So there was an executive board with different positions, and um, I got to serve three terms on there, which just mm. I I just learned so much about communicating and delegating and organizing yeah. yeah just so many things that I wasn't you know outside of the classroom that I wasn't getting in the, in the classroom uh so those were huge good things about sorority and then obviously on the other hand there was the maybe not so positive influences of um uh-huh. yeah like going out and partying or looking a certain way and trying to get guys and all that jazz so while well, as an organization, it was really good things. The realities of of the girls you were with sometimes weren't the best influence. Um, yeah, but then the Newman Center was I mean, yeah, just I, I could, like I hadn't really had faith friends up to that point, and um,
0: mm-hmm. because you were a convert, right? Yeah, and I don't know how much faith was involved in high school etc
1: yeah so it i was always spiritual like my family always went to the episcopal church on sundays that's what my dad had been raised in while my mom had been raised catholic so we were really faithful to going to mass there was sunday school as part of our sunday experience as well um but like in terms of catholic mm-hmm. catechesis there
0: wasn't wasn't much i didn't really know what was attractive about the newman center because something kept bringing you back and that was yeah, pretty early so that was
1: kind of my initial reason for getting involved at the Newman Center was that I had been a convert in middle school so I'd grown up with this Episcopal faith my whole life and then through a series of events we converted to Catholicism and I, mm-hmm. I knew little things that my mom would say in passing such as priests are only men and they don't get married and that was weird for me because my best friend's mom was the pastor at my old parish and she wore oh, all wow. black and a white collar just like the priest said. At, at, the Catholic church. So that was weird for me or, you know, concepts of Mary and the saints and all these things. So I really didn't know much, but what was cool is I remember when I was getting ready to go into college, I was transitioning out of sports, like I mentioned before, and was, had this open slate, this clean slate to get involved in things. And I, I decided I need to figure out what this whole Catholic thing is about. Like I've been quote-unquote Catholic, for four and a half years. But I don't know anything about the differences between mm-hmm. Catholicism and what I grew up with. So that was a lot of the spark to getting involved at the Newman Center.
0: And I wonder, with Newman Centers, there are typically communities. Was that a pretty welcoming community that kept hooking you back? Yeah,
1: it did. It did. Um, I mean, the sorority... The sorority welcome...
0: Yeah, you can't really compete with really the sorority, regimented. can you?
1: But the Newman Center <laughs> yeah. had, you know, there was... Um, welcome week events and they kept having socials mm-hmm. uh and then after mass you know people would hang around and talk forever and that's an easy organic way to meet people and then uh once a week they would have you know a formation talk followed by adoration and prayer and confessions but then i mean i was the mm-hmm. freshman who filled out a contact form checked off a few boxes on the back and then a few weeks later someone's calling me so they did a great job like Boom. following up and i got plugged into a Bible uh-huh. study right away so yeah that's Yeah, so cool. good job, St. Francis of Assisi Newman Center.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, it seems that where there's a theme going that you knew early on in your life, in high school, in your teams, and then with your sorority initially, that community was important, right? Having each other's back, journeying with other people mm-hmm. is important, who love you and you love them. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, community now starts to sound like community is a channel towards God. It's like it's through your your sense of community and your relationships and community that really in which God can reach, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That, that love that you're sharing is really God's love working through you. It's just that sake of community is the vessel.
1: Hmm. I always say like I use this weird right. whatever I say it so take it or leave it but like we're not in a God bubble like I'm not in this bubble on earth where it's just me and God like I'm here with other people and I recently heard mm-hmm. a girl refer to it as you know we're not all on our separate planets like I don't have my own planet right we're on the same planet and we exist with other people and if God wanted it to just be about us and him He would have made the setup a little different. (laughs) So,
0: no, I'm going to completely skip a major part of your life, which is when you're a focused missionary. You can maybe touch base on it, but there seems to be a lot of correlations now in the role that I see you in here in the Archdiocese Mm -hmm. of Indianapolis Mm -hmm. with fostering communities. Yeah,
1: so the uh, the young adult office started in 2009. We're still really young. We're like nine Mm -hmm. years old, Um, but the beginning of it was we need to form a community to invite people into and so it's been awesome like a great foundation has been laid so i kind of just i mean we see our theology on tap event in the summer and our intramurals as just big funnel events right um and intramurals more so than even theology on tap like
0: how many people come
1: to theology on tap theology on tap we have over 300 and that's uh-huh. a six-week series in the summers.
0: And then and then bowling, inter- intramurals. bowling intramurals
1: probably has about 200, over 200 in each league. So um, they're both during different seasons of the year, but are just super non-threatening, right? Anyone can be invited to bowl, and it's not intimidating. It's not religious. It's not whatever. I mean, there is intentionality.
0: The worst thing with bowling is being bad at bowling. Exactly, you know? exactly.
1: And I mean, we're intentional, like we, you know, put out promotional things for our other events and we open with a prayer each week. Um, But I mean, you get people's random coworkers or roommates or friends that wouldn't, maybe never step foot inside of a Catholic church. And then they like meet these awesome people who are cool and drinking beer with them, but also love Jesus and are going to mass. So it's really beautiful. Um, So we've had a lot of like Mm. anecdotes over the years of people coming to bowling with, you know, no faith or not being Catholic, and then then they go to the Theology on Taps, which are really interesting, and kind of make them start questioning things. And then they come on retreat, and then they join a Emmaus group, and maybe they become Catholic or whatever. So that's kind of how this, the, the, common, the common story is, you know, maybe coming in through intramurals or Theology on Tap and then getting deeply involved in, like, a small Emmaus group. So we kind of got to a point about kind of right when I was joining the office a year, year and a half ago of, okay, we have this awesome community. Now what? You know, uh, we don't want people coming Mm -hmm. into a 300 person theology on tap, which is cool. It's great. But if you don't know anyone, that can be super intimidating intimidating. And you might come in and leave and not actually make a connection and might not ever be back. And so we're like, wow, we need to, we need to make, you know, make this big big group smaller and so that's kind of where our we've put we've pumped a lot into um Emmaus groups which is our small group ministry in the last in the last couple years just trying to get those launched all over the city all over the diocese and those have just Mm. been super fruitful I mean yeah journeying with people week by week in a small group you get to be known um which is something like everyone is desiring but I see especially young adults desiring is just mm. being being known. Like, we all want to be known. We all want to have a community of people. And so it kind of provides people mm-hmm. a space. Who
0: know when things are going wrong. Yeah, Who know what to celebrate or know the journeys that you've been going through, you know, etc. People yeah. to share that with. This is a group to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we could talk forever about that area of ministry but what do you think what have you learned from Emmaus group communities knowing that the audience who's listening to this might be in areas where they don't have them but just even the wisdom behind them and how the Lord works through them
1: mm. I mean I think there's a ton of wisdom behind them because it's what Jesus did <laughs> he
0: yeah right preached
1: to the masses like you know he's on a hillside preaching to thousands of people but he is very intentional and has a lot of time with 12 men and even more so with three men. And so, yeah, I mean, the fact that it's what Jesus modeled for us, it's the, in Curtis Martin's words, who's the founder of focus, the method modeled by the master. Um, Mm. So I think that is huge that like, it's what Jesus laid out for us. But again, just like, I can go to a theology on tap. I can go to every theology on tap. Like I can go to every, I don't know, any big speaker that comes to town. But if I, and have a profound experience, but like what happens in three months when some tragedy happens or I go through suffering and no one is there to support me and journey with me through it, where I think this Mm. is what our Emmaus groups provide is like people are known. And yeah, I had a, I had a girl who joined my Emmaus group, um, a year ago and like we had literally met twice as a group and mm-hmm. the next weekend her parents died in a car accident and complete I mean obviously completely unexpected unanticipated and this girl has been involved in multiple um, cities and communities and she often says now that it was the quickest she'd ever gotten plugged in somewhere thank god Because she says, I really don't know how I would have made it through. And um, it's just been, like, really beautiful because that one-year anniversary just came up a couple weeks ago. And um, just to, yeah, just to, like, see that, wow, when we suffer together, we grow so close. And Mm -hmm. it just seems like a lot of the girls in the group about a year ago were going through hard times, whether it was um, breakups or just hard times in grad programs or hard times with jobs and, you know, family stuff. And then it's like, wow, this kind of springtime of like, look where we are a year later, you know? And then one of the girls in the group is really struggling right now, but it's like, I don't know. It's just like really beautiful when you have people to journey with and who can speak insight and truth into the good and bad in your life. So mm, I think that's what our amazing provide for people. And yeah. Yeah.
0: That's really beautiful, Fight. and it's clear that it brings you great joy, right? Mm-hmm. It's it brings you the joy that it probably brought Christ mm-hmm. when he was with his apostles. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Before we move on to kind of highs and lows and roses and thorns, oh, yeah. do you have any saints or quotations that you kind of hold as ones that really inspire you with community? Because you are well known as posting beautiful things online. Oh, uh, yeah. Like with your quotations, yeah. you do. You love that. Yeah, I love it. Um, so
1: I don't have any. I mean, I have one scripture verse, and then I have a couple just unquoted. I mean, they're just themes. They're not so much like, oh, this saints Love it. So, um, they're all, yeah, they're all related to this theme. So, the first is just, it's easier to break one stick than a bunch of sticks. So, the idea Mm. of, like, if I'm alone and I don't have support and friendship and community, like, boom, it's easier to be broken. But if someone has four or five sticks in their hand and tries to break it over their knee, not so easy. So just the support Mm -hmm. of, um, journeying with people through good times and bad as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the idea of a coal being separated from the other coals. And that maybe is more so in terms of like zeal in your faith, um, and support Mm -hmm. in, in growth in your faith. Um, or just even like evangelization or things like that. Like it's easy to be on fire about something when you're close to the fire and you're with other people who are on fire. But if you take one coal away from the fire and set it off to the side, it's going to turn from like bright red to being cold within, you know, Mm -hmm. minutes. So that's really profound to think about too. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I always think about is first Corinthians 12, many parts, one body. Um, Mm -hmm. and how I think it's, it's natural to, to be in relationship in, in, in community with people who are similar to you. Um, and I think being in focus, it was like, okay, this is our mission. This is what we're, this is what we're about. And, um, sometimes within a Newman center community, there'd be, you know, the pro-life club and then there'd be the social justice people and then Mm -hmm. there'd be the evangelization and Bible study people. And it's like, sometimes I think people viewed that as bad, but That actually makes the community way stronger, way better, way more dynamic when you have Mm. these different strengths that people are all adding and they kind of know where they fit and where they sit and how they support one another. Um, But they're all running fiercely in a direction after something. And maybe it's, you know, it Mm. all falls under the umbrella of the church, but like it looks a little different. So
0: that's really I think cool. that's
1: really encouraging with community. It's like, wow, it's easy to compare yourself and be like, oh, should I be doing that? Should I be doing that? Should I be like her? But
0: it's like, and to divide, mm-hmm. right? Divide by the definition and not realize that everything's actually running towards Christ just in a different way. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Roses and thorns. Think back in your week. What was a thorn? What was a rose? Oh my gosh. I can go first. I can give you time okay. to think. I don't have many thorns. Uh, I would say a thorn is I was sick last yeah. week and that felt terrible and I thought I'd Ed pink eye, but it was really just a contact that was scratching mm. for a long time. Mm. So if I had just fixed that earlier, there would have been less suffering. <laughs> My rose was taking like some stress at work and fueling it in a healthy way on Saturday morning and running for a long mm. time. So I ran 10 miles on Saturday and I had been, I had just ran a half marathon a couple mm. weeks ago, but like that, I can see the difference since then of me just taking care of myself has like brought that light back on, mm. which has been great. So that includes prayer and just feeling completely myself and not being as slothful. So that's been a great rose that it's just sparked life back.
1: Love it. Uh, My thorn, similarly, is I was sick a couple weeks ago, which just, it was still kind of like lingering and lagging last week. So two weeks ago, I was like on my couch. But last week, I was up functioning, but just still not thriving and not fully alive, Mm -hmm. which getting better still not 100% still so that's definitely my thorn um and then rose just like traveling this weekend to the wedding and uh getting to be with family and yeah it was just such a good weekend got to explore a new city and uh it was just such a beautiful beautiful
0: wedding so Mm. good reunion that's the best Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh it carries you for Mm -hmm. a long time those those roses Mm -hmm. and joys uh, any shout-outs? Would you like to shout out to some people? Oh my which is always fun gosh. to do.
1: shout outs. Well uh-huh. let's shout out to feel my BFS, my friends who oh. my long distance friends who are worth it to make a pilgrimage to see. Uh yes. becca Firestein, my girl in Kansas City. Well she's an actress. Um Brook Yessa up in Milwaukee. Wow. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Amory, Joanna, and Carrie who are on Denver, my focus ladies who work at the headquarters there. Um, and shout outs to like all my old focus teammates from U of I and Depa. Some a lot of them are far away as well. Some are local here in Indy. the Hanley family who just like, whoa, they invite me into their their family community and it is really beautiful in this. So. and And Da, uh, the original community. Of mom, dad, and Grant, and now his new wife Morgan. What up, y'all?
0: I'll just shout out to my Rancali students. Thank you
1: for having me on here. Yeah, thanks for great. joining.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening. This is Light Your Life Echo. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on iTunes or anywhere you get your. Podcasts. You can email us with any comments you have at letyourlifeechopodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and leave reviews. We'd love to hear feedback. Maybe give us comments, share with other people. And if you have ideas of people you'd like us to interview, please let us know. Thank you. Have a good day.